for some sunshine and, and a tan. I mean, we're, you're going to start looking a little pasty, some of y'all, right? This is, this is, where, this is where you've got to brace yourself for what's ahead of here. And with, with, that, with that sun comes laying out on the beach, it's the tan, it's the, it's the sand. I mean, we start missing sand even in December, January, February in Chicago. Um, I love the sand. There's a lot you can do with the sand. You know, at the beach, you can lay on it and get, get a good tan. You play volleyball on the sand. You build sand castles. You can dig into the sand. You can get buried into the sand. You can dye sand and use it for decorations. There's a lot of things you can do with sand. You can also drop ice cream in the sand. You don't want to do that. You, you don't want to lay in it too long when it's sunny out. You, you don't want to step on it when it's, too, when it's sunny out because it'll burn your feet when it's too, too hot. Uh, there's a lot of things you don't want to do with sand as well. While there's a lot you can do and a lot you can't do, there's one thing you don't want to do whatsoever, and that's build your life upon it. You don't want to try to build a house upon sand. All of us have seen it when you've built a sand castle and you think you're far enough away from the water and then a high tide comes and it comes and what does it do? It washes away your sand castle because sand is shifty. Sand is unstable. Sand moves around when it is wet. When it is windy, it is, is blown around. And when we build a house upon the sand, the house will be as stable as the sand, and that's not very secure. Many of our lives have been exposed this past year for what we've built our life upon. And maybe some of us thought our lives were far more stable than they were, and the wind and the waves came, and we realized we were standing on sand Jesus uses this metaphor in the book of Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49, to remind us upon what we truly want to build our lives. Jesus likens the person who builds their life upon something other than him as someone who builds their life on sand. But he says, when you build your life on Jesus, he is reliable. And oh, what a firm foundation he is. Church, in the next 10 minutes, maybe 15 if I get real excited, we're, we're going to see what it's like to build your life on Jesus. And I want you to begin to think about the year ahead of you. Because some of us took an L in 2020 when it comes to our faith. Some of us realized, man, my faith was on security, not Jesus. My faith was in my stable job, and I haven't got that anymore. My, my faith was in my health, and I was afraid, or maybe it was tested, or maybe I got COVID, but I made it out, but man, I got scared. My, my faith was in my family, and yet I haven't seen them for weeks or months. My faith was in my schooling, and I don't like it because I'm looking at a screen doing it. Like, wherever you built your faith apart from Jesus, you, you got to expose the sand, and I think all of us, to some degree, realize, man, there's a lot more sand in my life than I want to acknowledge. And you kind of lick your chops like a boxer who took, a, took one to the chin. But I want us to know, man, our God is so gracious. I want us to know that our God is here today through his word to remind you as he's reminding me to say, man, as we look ahead, let's build our life upon Jesus. So if you can, would you meet me in the book of Luke chapter 6? Verses 46 through 49. 
We're going to see what it is to build our lives upon Jesus. And oh, what a firm foundation he is. Would you stand with me as you get there? Luke chapter 6, verses 46 to 49. And I've said this before, if you're watching on the live stream, would you stand where you're at as well? In your living room, bedroom, but not if you're driving, please. But stand wherever you're at, and here we go. God's word says this. Jesus speaking, he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on what? On the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do, uh, does not do them, is like a man who built a house on a ground without a foundation. In the book of Matthew, he says, on the sand without a foundation. When a stream broke against it, immediately, can you say immediately? Immediately. Immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. This is God's word. You may be seated, church. I want my house to stand in the storm, church. And I suspect you're in that same boat with me, pun intended. The book of Luke, chapter 6, verses 46 to 49, is the end of a sermon Jesus preached. It started back in chapter 6, verse 17. I want you to look at that with me right quick. Look at verse 17. Jesus has spent the whole night in prayer before that, asking his heavenly father whom the disciples would be that he would pick. And Jesus chose 12 of them after that night of prayer. He comes down from the mountain, and we're told in verse 17, it says, he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. Notice there are two groups of people that are with Jesus as he comes down from the mountain. It says that there at the base of the mountain, there are his disciples, and there is a great multitude of people. Look at that. A distinction is being drawn between his followers and the great multitude of people who were gathered to hear him. What Jesus tells us and shows us here right off the bat is that not everyone who is alongside of Jesus is really following Jesus. Not everyone who's listening is actually obeying. And so here in this passage, Jesus begins to instruct them on what it is to love their enemies. He instructs them about what it is to do justice, to not be judgmental of other people, ignoring the very plank in your own eye, but seeing your other friend's speck. He talks about what it means to bear good fruit and what it is to bear bad fruit. Jesus is basically saying, hey, this is what I'm calling for you to do. This is what I'm teaching you, but I'm expecting you to do what I'm saying. Because those who are my disciples actually come to me and hear me and do what I tell them, whereas others may come to me and hear me and not do. And those are not my disciples. See, what Jesus is doing here 
is he's showing us the difference between a firm foundation and a faulty sandy foundation. And the warning that I'm hearing in my soul, and I hope that is tingling in your ears, is that just because we might gather to hear from God doesn't mean we're following God. You know what's happened to you before where someone asks for your advice, but deep down inside you're like, you're not asking for my advice. You just want to give the appearance that you care what I say. But your mind is made up, you're going to go do your own thing. I mean, we've all been there. And Jesus is saying, my disciples don't just come and hear, but my disciples do. My disciples follow through. And that's why in verse 46, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Like, why do you say I'm your master, but you're not doing what I'm telling you? That means either he's a terrible master or you're not really his servant. So Jesus, with this rhetorical question, because he's not waiting there for a response, he's like, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Come tell me, right? It's a rhetorical question, which means he's not looking for a response audibly, but he's actually asking for a response internally. And everyone who hears Jesus say this, including you and me, has to ask, man, am I, am I obeying Jesus? Because if I'm not obeying him, is he really my Lord? Jesus says, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them. Notice those three verbs. Come, hear, do. That is discipleship. Come and hear is not discipleship. Come is not discipleship. Do without hearing or coming is not discipleship. Coming, hearing, and doing is discipleship. And Jesus is saying, this is what I want my people to do. It's the difference between a firm and a faulty foundation. And like I said, some of us, our foundations have been exposed this year. And we've found it to be true that maybe we've been around the people of God, around God's voice, but not really following him. Build your life on Jesus, church. Because, oh, what a firm foundation he is. In 2020, we've all struggled. And let's be clear, struggling does not mean that you lack faith. Struggling, in fact, is the evidence that you have faith. Because those without faith don't struggle. They say, hey, I'm, I'm done here. And so Jesus wants to understand, like, because we got a firm foundation doesn't mean that we won't have struggle. Because he says, I will tell you what this person is like. He is like a man who's building a house, who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood came, when a flood came, when a flood came, what? When? Jesus is not like, hey, if you happen to get a flood when you're building your house, if you happen to get adversity sometime in your life, if it happens, when it comes. All of us, all of us will face the floods. But not all of our houses will be stable in that flood. It all depends on the foundation. And see, when our foundation is weakened, or when we build our life on the sand, when adversity comes, we actually find ourselves fleeing God. That's how we know that our foundation was in the wrong place. When we begin to blame God because he doesn't care, when we truly know he does, 
When we start giving God ultimatums, like, God, I'll I'll follow you if you get me out of this. That's a sandy foundation because it's based on what's good for you, not what God's will is for you. God, if you don't do this, then then I will do this. These, These are ultimatums and the signs of a faith that is built on sand. When we isolate from God and we isolate from his people, it means that our foundation isn't secure. Jesus says those who have a firm foundation are like the person who dug deep and laid the foundation on a rock. Rocks don't move. Rocks don't shake. When a storm comes, the rock remains. And that's what it's like when we come and hear and do God's commands. This is a word about God's commands. Jesus says, and God says, God's commands are not, are not burdensome. God doesn't give commands to make your life miserable. God's not like, let me see how many laws I can throw at them to make them as horrible and, and miserable of people as possible. But God's commands are actually there as a, as a description and, and a, a expression of his love for us. God's like, man, I know when you go that way, it's going to lead to destruction. So I'm going to command you to stay over here. I'm going to teach you on how you are to live because when you start going to veering off to the right or to the left, man, I know there is heartache. I know there is pain. I know there is discipline. So stay right here. Do what I'm telling you because I love you. And so Jesus says, those who do are standing on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it. Why? Because it had been well built. In 2021, church, let's build these houses well upon a rock. You'll be either building on a firm or faulty foundation, but notice this. In this illustration, everyone is building. There's a man who builds it on a rock, and in verse 49, there's one who builds it without a firm foundation. So if you are here today and you're hearing me, you are building something. It's just what are you building it upon? When we build it upon God's word, we become hearers and doers. Those who hear without doing will grow cold. Hear that out. Those who hear without doing will grow cold. That means we become very well informed, but our lives are not reflecting. So we become cold to the Spirit's prompting. We become cold to the commands of Scripture. We become cold to the the character of God. But equally dangerous are those who do without hearing. Because that means that we can be deceived. You know, in our 2020 year, we've seen a lot of people doing great works, haven't we? Many people have stood up even outside of the church. But if we do without hearing, we can find ourselves trying to do good works for the approval of man, for the praises of people, or just to feel good about yourself. But it's not being built on what Jesus himself has taught. We want to be hearers and doers. See, the person who does not build a life on Jesus, it says in verse 49, the one who hears and does not do them, his commands, is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation because when the streams broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So in 2021, I want us to dig deep into this firm foundation. If you don't set goals, church, 
you won't make them. You won't hit them. And as we have these different resolutions, I think all of us are a little afraid to have resolutions after what happened this past year, right? But we've got to set goals in our pursuit of Jesus and believing him to be that great and firm foundation. So here are a few things I want to leave us with today before we close. I want you, church, as I want this for myself, to set a goal of spending time with Jesus every day. Spend time with the Lord to cultivate your faith. Be someone who comes and then hears and then does what God says. Uh, Just real practically, spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day for the Lord. Most of us spend more than that on social media every day, right? So so we we can make the time. We've just got to make the time happen. Carve it out. Make the day revolve around that time, whenever that time is. For me, it's first thing in the morning. Because the moment I open my computer, my day is gone like that, it feels like. So I've got to do first thing in the morning with my Bustelo in one hand, my Bible in another. Right? Like, so I don't think it says that you need Bustelo in the Bible. But it's close to need, right? So, man, 20 to 30 minutes, open the word. And when you sit down with Jesus... Just pray first. Just thank the Lord, God, thank you that I'm, I'm alive today. Confess your sin. Maybe pray through the day ahead of you. God, I, I know at 3 o'clock I got a meeting that I'm dreading today. Would you just go before me? God, I know that, that, that I've got these crazy deadlines. I need your, your strength. Then open the word. I tell people all the time, man, start in the beginning of a book of the Bible. Pick any book. Probably not Leviticus to start with if you haven't. But pick any book, like the book of Mark or James or Psalm 119. We'll talk about that in a moment. Just jump in God's word, church, and begin to read. Read a paragraph. Then next time, read a section. Read between headings, and then maybe make it a chapter a day. Uh, I don't know if you're like me, but I need, I need checklists. I'm a checklist person. I feel like I, cre- I, I accomplished something when I check a box. And so what I do is I print out the entire year. This is every day of the year on the calendar. And when I spend time with the Lord, I circle that day. And so I can look back and say what days I didn't spend time with the Lord. And I see trends in my life, what days are harder for me. And I try to, to, to go accordingly. And then I got this checklist with every book of the Bible with every chapter. And when I read a chapter, I just X out that box. X it out. And I just go one at a time. Find what works for you, church. But we need a firm foundation because the storms are coming. They have come. They will come. It's when it breaks against. Where will your foundation be? And I noticed in my life, like I literally looked at this this past week and said, man, I remember this was a hard month. Oh, I missed a number of times with the Lord that month. I was doing his work, but I wasn't with him. That's a, that's a scary place to be. And I saw the direct fruit in my own life, in my own struggles, my own insecurities, my own pride. And so we've got to spend time with the Lord and just open his word. And when you read the Bible, say, what does it tell, tell me about God? And when I, what do I learn about myself? I'm sorry, I'm over 15 minutes. I know. I told you it was going to happen. I shouldn't have said it. All right, another thing. For, for, I'm not going to close the Bible yet. <laughs> Parents. Um, your firm foundation that you walk in also bleeds into your children. Yeah. And this is one of the scariest things, right? 
Um, this is the Jesus Storybook Bible. If you don't know where to begin, begin here. Just read a chapter a day with your child or maybe shoot for three days a week or whatever it might be, um, ideally multiple times, and just read it. You don't have to have all the answers. God has all the answers. Just keep pointing your child to God. But read, read with them. Um, if you don't have this or if you, if you feel like, man, this might, might be outside my budget, we've got a few uh, at, the, at the welcome table. We invite you to, to grab one uh, for, for your household if you will commit to reading it. If you can, just purchase your own. Just go ahead and buy that on Amazon and get it sent to you so we can have it for those who maybe don't have that, those resources. But uh, Jesus Storybook Bible, parents, pray with your kids, read God's word, wash them in the word. Um, I've told you guys this illustration before, but we used to have a guinea pig, Rip. Um, but we realized that, like, our guinea pig can't feed himself. Like, we had to give him food. And when we forget, he would squeal and tell us. Our children cannot feed themselves spiritually just yet. So we got to bring it to them. Last thing I want to I point out here. Starting next Sunday, we're going to venture as a church into a, a time of, of prolonged prayer and fasting. Um, we are so excited about this. We're going to take from January 4th on for 21 days and have different kinds of, of, of focuses of prayer and fasting. The first seven days, the first week, we're going to uh, encourage all of us to, to fast. That means to withhold media or social media or, or, or technology as much as possible from us so that those distractions are moved out and we have more time in prayer. The second week, we're going to encourage you all to withhold from food and just have liquids for that week. We'll talk more about how to do this, and we know for some have dietary restrictions and health reasons where you've got to uh, tweak that, and we, we know that, and God is gracious. We just want to, we want to move aside distractions and say, God, I'm hungering for you more than anything else right now. The third week, we're going to begin to reintroduce solid foods in the forms of vegetables and fruit and, 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 um, and use that as an opportunity to still set aside our focus for God and communing with him and pursuing him. And so we're going to have a, a reading plan through Psalm 119 during those, during those 21 uh, days. We're going to have times where we're going to be able to pray together as a church through, through uh, virtual means. We're going to have devotional exhortations and encouragements. We're going to push each other to have this firm foundation. Because maybe, maybe we, I mean, we don't know what's coming ahead. But we do know we don't want to, to, to wash away in the flood. The Sears Tower downtown uh, is the 12th tallest building in our nation, or the world, the world, I think it is. And on a windy day, it can sway up to three feet in one direction to the next. That's pretty wild, huh? On average, it sways about six inches, but it can go up to three feet. But whenever you've been downtown, I don't think you've ever worried if it would fall over. It's because you trust the architecture. You trust how it was built. And the way it was built is that there is 100 feet beneath the Sears Tower of solid cement. And around that solid cement 100-foot foundation are 200 circular cylinders filled with cement that go an additional 100 feet beneath that. We trust that the Sears Tower, and I've been calling it Sears on purpose, the Sears Tower won't fall over because we trust the architectures to know that they're going to give it a foundation that is needed so that it can withstand whatever kind of storm. 
Our God is the great architect. And he has told us what kind of foundation to build our lives upon. He says, build it upon coming to Jesus, to hearing my word and what I've got to say by opening it, and then by doing what I tell you. Because Jesus is a solid rock. And oh, what a great and firm foundation he is, church. Let's be found in 2021 planted on a rock and not shifting sand. Let's pray, church. Father, we come before you and we, um, we confess that this is our desire to be upon a firm foundation, a solid rock. Jesus, we want our lives to reflect you. So I pray that you would help us uh, prioritize our walk with you to, to allow our lives to revolve around you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's rise to our feet as we sing what it is to build our lives upon Jesus. Yeah. As we get ready to go out this week, man, let's, uh, let's go out with God's strength and his hope and the reality that our lives must be built upon him. Um, this week, we're going to be sending out some more information about our time of, of prayer and fasting starting January 4th. Uh, so next Sunday, January 3rd, we'll be talking about it. And then 4th, we're going to be kicking it off. And uh, begin to even now prepare your heart, asking God, um, how do I want him to move in my life? How am I going to grow deeper? How am I going to dig into this foundation uh, in such a way that my life begins to thrive with his grace and help? That's what our longing is for all of us as a church. I want to give you this blessing as we leave. The Lord your God is with you, church, and he is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. God bless you, church family. You are dismissed. We'll see you all next week.